What is up, you guys? Welcome back. So, I totally jinxed myself. I should have seen this coming, but yeah, kind of crazy. Um, if you guys listened to last week's episode, you know, it was all about like a pregnancy update, about how my second trimester is going. I like talked about, you know, how horrible my first trimester was, but how things were slowly getting better in my second trimester. And I'm pretty sure the day that episode aired, so like last Tuesday, I spent that day like at the ER because of stuff going on with how sick I was. So yeah, totally jinxed myself. I'm not gonna like dive down that rabbit hole. I'm okay, like I'm fine. But this pregnancy has definitely like put me through the ringer, just like how sick I've been. And I thought things were like better, but I don't know, I guess things are just going in, going in waves and I'm in a not so good wave right now. That's why today's, that's why this week's episode is a day late. Um, just cause I've been trying to survive. <laughs> but um, anyways, today for this episode, I wanna dive into um, the dietary guidelines that we're given as Americans to follow. And I just wanna talk just a little bit about the things I do agree with and the things I don't agree with because you all know I'm all about making sure that we are educated as much as we can, especially when it comes to our health, more specifically nutrition. Um, And we can't just trust things that like, we can't just trust everything that we're being told, right? Like we have to educate ourselves, advocate for ourselves, and just look out for ourselves when it comes to our health if we want to be the healthiest version of ourselves. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm Miranda Lee, and you're listening to the Bread Therapy Mama podcast, a show created for moms who want to feed their families foods that heal them, not hurt them. Food was meant to be our medicine, and the best way to do that is by focusing on the ingredients, not the calories. Here, you'll find everything you need to know about holistic nutrition sprinkled with some motherhood, faith, and non-toxic living along the way. I can't wait to grow with you. Let's dive in. So I want to start by saying that like, I'm not anti-Western medicine. I'm not anti-doctors. And I'm not someone who's just like, don't trust the government. But I, like I said, I think it's just important to educate ourselves because the more I learn myself about health and nutrition, the more I realize that there's a lot of things that we are being taught and fed, um, <laughs> fed in more ways than one, that just are not good for us. And I'll, I'll give you an example. So I, you know, am pregnant. So I've been going to my OB. I've been seeing, you know, just a regular doctor, um, and that has had its challenges itself because, you know, the regular doctors aren't typically into like the holistic approach or have holistic practices that I'd prefer. Um, but you know, that, that just kind of comes with the territory. But I mean, if I'm giving birth and there's a complication, like, uh, am I going to trust them to, um, do emergency surgery or something? Like, heck yeah, that's what, that's what they went to school for. But unfortunately, doctors get very, very little education in nutrition and that's not their fault. It's, it's the, the system's fault, you know? So 
Anyways, the point that I'm trying to make is when I went to the doctor, they gave me like a packet of information. And one of the things that they gave me was nutrition recommendations. And on this nutrition recommendation um, little pamphlet that they gave me, there was this food pyramid for what I should be eating. So it just so interesting looking at it because at the bottom of the, pi- the pyramid, the biggest part, it says that is what we should be eating six to 11 servings of, and that's bread, cereal, rice, and pasta. That is the bottom of this pyramid. That is what they're recommending um, most of our diet should consist of. Um, and then above that, in a smaller group, is vegetables and fruits, where they just say two to four servings of fruit. And let's see, three to five servings of vegetables. And you go up and it says milk, yogurt, and cheese, two to three servings, meat, poultry, fish. Basically, all these proteins are like the small section of the pyramid. And the smallest one is fats, oils, and sweets that they recommend, you know, using sparingly. Um, So there's like many things wrong with this food pyramid, but I'll just point out like the obvious ones. Like we shouldn't be getting the bulk of our calories from bread, cereal, rice, and pasta. And this doesn't, I'm not carb shaming at all, but first of all, the quality of our breads and cereals in the U.S., is horrible. Everything is enriched and bleached and just ultra processed and just not good for us. A lot of it has added sugar, especially like cereals and and breads. Like it's impossible to find those things without added sugars. And like this, like no wonder we have such a high rate of like diabetes and Um, heart disease, this all contributes basically to too much sugar intake, all right? So to put that at the bottom of the food pyramid is ridiculous. And then, like, I don't think there should be a limit to fruits and vegetables. Um, I mean, maybe recommending a minimum is a good idea, but, like, I don't know, saying only two to four servings of fruit and three to five servings of vegetables, like, okay. And then, these small servings of protein, like protein is so important. I mean, high quality protein is, is extremely important, but you know, we should be prioritizing protein in every meal that we have. And by saying that we should only have like two to four servings of a protein. I don't know. That just, the math ain't math. if you know what I'm saying, but yeah, so that's an example of like, you know, you think you're supposed to trust your doctors and like we should, but not necessarily when it comes to nutrition advice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like these were the pamphlets I was given at the doctor and especially like as a pregnant woman as well, like the foods that I should be prioritizing as a pregnant woman who is probably struggling with like nutrient defi- deficiencies, um, you know, you want to limit Um, any extra like prenatal weight gain, right? Like you want to, these things want to be controlled and the best way to do that is through your nutrition. Um, But I think doctors are just kind of like, oh, here, we'll take a prenatal and that should cover all your bases. When a prenatal is a great starting point, but there 
it's just not enough, right? Like nutrition should be our number one. Supplements are meant to supplement. They're meant to fill the holes that our diet can't can't necessarily fill. Um, I know there's so many people just want to jump jump into like adding in a bunch of supplements, which first of all, that's very expensive. Um, but second of all, like we're supposed to be getting most of our nutrients, whether it's micronutrients or macronutrients from the foods that we eat. And that includes like a variety of foods and making sure that you're getting quality foods as well. Um, and then, you know, you supplement with the little holes, like you, you can't supplement, um, an entire, your entire like diet, I guess that's just, that's just not realistic. Um, so, okay. So pulled up next to me right now, I have the, um, the dietary guidelines that were given like through like the US, through like USDA and stuff. So if you go, I'll link it in the show notes, but if you go to dietaryguidelines.gov, it'll bring you like this 164 page of dietary guidelines. And what kind of got me into this was, you know, I'm going to school for nutrition therapy and we kind of had to dissect all these guidelines and talk about the things that we agree with and don't agree with. And just learning the things that we are kind of encouraged to eat and things that we are discouraged to eat. It's just, it's just so interesting. So I'm just going to point out like a couple things on here. I'm not going to make this like a super long episode, but just focusing on like specific takeaways. Like one, they're really pushing like the low fat agenda. Like under dairy, it says fat free or low fat milk, yogurt, cheese, and then like um, fortified versions of, you know, if you're having like soy beverages and stuff, um, like dairy free alternatives. Here's the thing, like there's there's nothing wrong with fats. Fats are an essential an essential macronutrient. They're one of our main sources of energy along with carbohydrates. And the issue that I have with fat-free things is that if something comes is given to us by nature, like naturally full of fat, like the only way to make it fat-free is by ultra processing it right so like fat-free milk or fat-free yogurt like that's not how nature gave it to us so the only way to make it fat-free is to just do it by man like man's gonna have to process this a lot so that's just you know this is an issue that I have because I really think that we should be trying to eat our foods in the purest wholest least processed form and when they're encouraging fat-free or low-fat um, dairy products, I don't know. I just it's just it just demonizes fats, and I don't think there's anything wrong with fat. Um, let's see another thing on here. Uh, when they talk about oils, I think this is my biggest problem with the dietary guidelines is that they say that we should be eating vegetable oils um, and we should not be eating um, like butter or like kind of animal-based fats, right? Like they're really pushing vegetable oils, which if you know anything about vegetable oils, they're not good for you. <laughs> let's just say that. Like I don't like labeling things as good or bad, but like let's be real, vegetable oils are are basically bad for you. 
Um, there, you know, I think olive oil and avocado oil, like that definitely has its, um, that has its place. I mean, I'm not even sure does olive oil fall under like vegetable oil or is it its own type of oil, but like olive oil and avocado oil, um, it has its place. Like, you know, you should really limit cooking with it because it doesn't do well at high heats. Um, it does create, you know, free radicals, but like they're great oils to like make use like on like a salad or, you know, using it in its like cold form. Um, but like my favorite things to cook and bake with, you know, butter was meant to be used at high heat. Um, like beef tallow. I love that. And, um, just other things that aren't vegetable oils are great things to cook with. But the fact that our dietary guidelines are pushing vegetable oils. And for those who don't know, vegetable oils, um, are known to be highly inflammatory. There's also, uh, they they have, you know, high, like free radical content in them. Um, and it's because with many vegetable oils, um, if it's exposed to anything like heat or pressure or light, it causes, uh, it, it causes it to produce free radicals, which, you know, free radicals are inflammatories and cancer causing, and they're not good for you. And think like, how are these, these oils produced? They're definitely produced hitting, um, you know, uh, you know, seeing light. I don't know if I said light as well, but light as well. Um, oh yeah. Oxygen. Once they hit oxygen, um, you know, if they become free radicals, it gets oxidized, hence the name oxygen. So like, how do you think these oils are being, um, prepared by the companies, but also being prepared by us as consumers. So if we're cooking with them, they're being exposed to heat, which is increasing, um, the amount of free radicals that are in these oils. So I just think it is really weird that they're pushing vegetable oils, um, out of all things. But the reason why they are demonizing like these animal fats and stuff is because they are still pushing the agenda that like saturated fats are bad for you. And I mean, this is a whole nother podcast episode talking about, (laughs) talking about saturated fats. Like they do not, there's like this link between basically saturated fats and heart disease. Um, there is no real evidence that proves that saturated fats cause heart disease. Um, saturated fats do lead to increased cholesterol, but increased cholesterol doesn't necessarily lead to increased, um, like heart disease and like coronary heart disease and stuff. So that's why they are basically telling you to avoid saturated fats. And that's what they say in the dietary guidelines is that saturated fats are bad, but I'm here to tell you after everything that I've been learning, um, saturated fats are not bad. I mean, it's like anything, any other food, like, of course you want to have a healthy balance of things, but, um, yeah, like if you look in the dietary guidelines, they have like a kind of a eat this, not that, like this is good for you. This is bad for you. And I'll show like, um, low fat yogurt as what they say 
is a nutrient dense food, but then they say full fat yogurt is like the worst op, like not like like the not good option. They don't they call it typical on there. They say it's a typical food where low fat yogurt's a nutrient dense food, but full fat yogurt's a typical food. Typical food. Um, so you know they just keep encouraging people to eat no fat or low fat options. Um, another thing that they really encourage in these guidelines are, um, like going back to the whole, like eating like cereal, uh, pastas, that type of stuff. But they're kind of saying that we should be eating refined grains and kind of saying that they're, they're equal to whole grain foods when, um, refined foods are just overly processed and then kind of like in they call it enriched so they're supplemented with things like you know iron or whatever it may be that makes it sound like it's it's better for us because it's enriched when it's really not better for us it's not good for us it's all um just artificial and overly processed and the food's not in its purest form so I have nothing against grains. I think you should be eating, um, you know, whole grains, um, eating food in its like purest form, like I've said before. Um, you know, and I'll just I'll add in some things that are on this list that I do agree with because I'm not saying this the entire guidelines are or BS or anything. Um, I just think half of it is. That's <laughs> no, kidding, but you know, there there are other things that like if you have absolutely no nutrition education whatsoever. Um, A lot of these tips can be helpful, but um, I think a lot of us are trying to kind of go above and beyond the basics. uh, And we we aren't given that by by the government, right? So a couple of things that I do agree to agree with is like they do promote focusing on nutrient dense foods. Like they want us to eat fruits and vegetables. Um, they do want us to um, like limit added sugars. So I totally agree with that. Like I think that's great. They give, um, they say like you know opting for like a hundred percent fruit juice instead of um, instead of like all this added concentrate kind of stuff. Um, they do encourage protein, which I think is great because it's an essential macronutrient that our body needs. (laughs) So they do encourage protein. Um, yeah, they, you know, tell us to limit sugar and then they also have, they talk about this 85, 15 rule, which, um, I think is a really good starting off point. I think it's a good goal for people to have. And basically it's saying like that. 85% of our calories should come from foods in their most nutrient-dense form. And then, you know, that 15% is just kind of like wiggle room, like to enjoy like maybe foods that aren't necessarily nutrient-dense, but foods that, excuse me, foods that we like enjoy. Um, So like, I think that's a a great goal. Like, you know, none of us are perfect. None of us are going to have the perfect diet. We all have like, you know, our guilty pleasures or things that we enjoy in moderation. And I think by saying, um, you know, promoting this 85-15 guide, um, I, I think that's, that's good advice. So, you know, that's something on there that, that I like and that I agree with. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of my little, um, my little review of the dietary guidelines. Um, 
I just think it's it's something we should all, all look at. So like I said, I'll put the link in the show notes if you guys kind of want to look at it. But, you know, it is like a bunch, of, it's like a bunch of pages long. It's, what did I say? 164 pages. And um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of information in there. But um, I don't know, like they, they try to update it, you know, every like five years or something like that. But, you know, there is a lot of information in there that that I don't agree with or that um, they're just kind of, they're not willing to change or do new studies to prove otherwise. Because like I said about the whole saturated fat stuff, all the studies that they are basing it off of are studies that actually happened in like the 1970s and they were very extensive and expensive studies, but there was never like a conclusive link between the whole saturated fat and heart disease a lot of them would either be inconclusive or it would like, there were like other factors that they weren't um, taking account for or they're like the death rates or whatever would be exactly the same. I don't know. Like they're just, they just weren't conclusive studies, but they still are like basing it off of them and kind of picking and cherry picking the information that they want to use and, you know, demonizing saturated fats. But maybe we'll get into that in another episode. But yeah, that is it. That is my rant on dietary guidelines. Once again, please just try to educate yourself as much as you can when it comes to your health, specifically nutrition. Um, And, you know, don't trust everything you hear from from anyone I mean even the stuff I'm saying today like you know I've, I've done my research but do your due diligence as well and try to do your research on things as well um you know with reputable information <laughs> reputable sources um always look into who is funding the research that you are looking at um because one thing I know is that there's a lot of research that is funded by people who want the research to go a certain way. So yeah, thank you guys for joining me. I will catch you next week. Thank you all for joining me in another episode of the Bread Therapy Mama podcast. If you like this kind of content, check out my blog for recipes, how-tos, product recommendations, and more. Just go to breadtherapymama.com. I'll see you all in the next episode.